fuck like you call Giannis name You don't like it, well fuck it, you don't have to listen I'm speaking facts, when I talk I know it's something different I'm in the first state, crumbing like I'm first place I talk that terrible shit, but you got worse takes I got no anger for haters, that shit don't even matter Cause when I finish the show, I'll grab some wine after So let me get on this mic and make your brain freeze I'ma do it my way, so all the lames leave It's just me, you know I'm careful of fakes So sit back and listen while I spit my terrible takes Yo! Oh shit, here we go Yeah, I said it again, it's been a while But fuck it, I can do whatever I want I can take forever to record And come back, or I can record every day But, nah, I'm just fucking with you guys Figured I'd throw that one in there because, fuck it, I'll be a, a cuck to the industry, right? CM Punk moving everybody's needle. Why not? Why not? Uh, why not sheep? Why not sheep around and do what CM Punk wants you to do? Uh, so I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for the chaos. I'm here for the fun. Um, look, at the end of the day, we all have opinions. We all say what we say. We all love wrestling in one way or another, and I stand by it. I put out an episode years ago talking about CM Punk and my opinions, thoughts and all that shit have not changed, have not changed, you know, coming out of war games, which I thought was an incredibly solid show for how short it was built that, uh, you know, it felt like one of those B pay-per-views, right? Like a hell in a cell or a bash at the beach or, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Some non big four. It felt like a non big four, but it's a big four. And I was, uh, chatting with, uh, with the homie Mac East from We Get Dub about how, you know, at least for how it was built, you know, the pay-per-view was awesome. But it's Survivor Series, man. Like, that's that's the difference. It's Survivor Series. So because the name has cachet, you know, we need more. We need more. War games, we need war. You know, yeah, Becky was bleeding. Cool. You know, but the war really wasn't there in, in, in any of them. So, uh, and then War Games ending with CM Punk coming out. Not really surprised. Didn't move the needle for me. Uh, even the missus was like, doesn't he suck? And I was like, yeah. Uh, but he's our problem now, right? He's WWE's problem now. And look, I'll, I'll reference a couple of my episodes, period. Every time I shit on AEW, what did I say? It's about the infrastructure. So if you think for one second CM Punk is going to be able to do what he did in AEW and WWE, you're out of your fucking mind. You are out of your mind to think that he is going to operate the way he did in AEW inside WWE. It's just not going to happen. If it does, they'll cut bait. That's what they do. They're too fucking smart. It's about the infrastructure. I've been saying this for four fucking years, three years, however long they've been open. It's the infrastructure. Tony Khan could talk about his billions of dollars, but they ain't worth billions of dollars. Say it again. The episode, I believe, was titled A Billion Dollars in Cash. Or a billion dollars in worth. You can spend all day long. But if what you buy depreciates, you don't have the value. I'm in, I'm in the real estate, man. I got, you know, I have rental properties. And the whole point of buying, buying, house, uh, buying a house as opposed to buying a car, you know, as soon as you buy a car, it depreciates when you get off the lot. Which means if you bought it for 20000 it's now worth 18 as soon as you leave. Most real estate opportunities, if you keep them up, they will appreciate in value. Uh, I bought my first house in 2011. 
for a hundred thousand, and it's now worth what two fifteen. So that's called appreciation. The, the value went up. AEW has sunk billions of dollars into what they're doing, and they're not worth a billion dollars. That's what I'm talking about. So enough about me and all that shit. The infrastructure in place for AEW cannot sustain a personality like CM Punk. Or the vision of a guy like Cody Rhodes. Or mature talent like Jade Cargill. Go to the press conference after war games and tell me you don't hear me speak (laughs) when Triple H is talking about Jade Cargill. He was asked, why hasn't she been on TV? And he basically just says, because she's not ready. And I said that for fucking two years. Two years. While she's in AEW undefeated, looking like a fucking superstar. She has everything to be a superstar, except for the ability to talk and the ability to wrestle. And guess what? You need both in WWE. I've said that. So guess what? Bishop was right. Bishop was right. When it comes to Jade Cargill, Bishop was right. Yes, all you guys were right too. She's a fucking megastar. She is. She is. But in WWE, if you can't fucking wrestle or you can't promo, bye. It doesn't work. And Triple H said as much. He goes developmentally, developmentally to no fault of her own. She's not there. And we will take as long as it takes for her to get there. So when she's ready to be on TV, they're going to hit the ground running. It's incredibly smart. So they put her on TV on all the shows to let you know she is ours. And now she's going to develop. And when she shows up, she's going to be flawless. Yes, yes, yes. Time on TV. I've said that on many episodes as well. You need time on TV to... You know, really flush out how well you are. You know, someone like Ronda, the bigger the spotlight got in wrestling, the more she regressed. We all talk about it. Basically, her best match in WWE was her first match. And from that point on, the more she had to put together, the less she was of her cachet. Uh, Her stuff she's doing with Marina Shafir right now is really cool. It's awesome. Take the pressure off. She does whatever she wants. And you fuck fans out there oh well she's great now shut the fuck up she's always been talented she's always executed you know people saying that you know all that shit talk on CM it's not tribal like that man at least while it is it really is it shouldn't be tribal like that but the love for Ronda Rousey being able to do what she wants to do now yeah she did what she wanted to do in WWE too when she left WWE the first time for the uh, maternity leave she did that podcast with Steve-O saying, oh, it's fake fights for fun. She's still doing fake fights for fun. But because she does it in fucking ROH or um, fuck the other promotion escapes me. Uh, West Coast Pro maybe? I don't remember. But anyway, they, they all, we know this about wrestling. They all do it because they love it. And I've said it from the beginning. Ronda was in there for us because she is one of us. She's a fan. McAfee, Bad Bunny. And to a lesser extent, CM Punk. He's done it for himself. But I know he's he's not naive to the fact of how much the crowd loves him. And Graham can go fuck himself. Fucking bad cop Graham himself wanted to tell me that, you know, what the, what the, whatever the fuck he said. I don't know. Just go on the fucking Twitter and see what he said. 
<laughs> basically how the crowd loves him. Well, the crowd loves CM Punk in Chicago. If he came out in Nashville, yes, he would have gotten the pop because they can't believe it. But it's a it's still a proving ground. It's still a proving ground. He has to perform. But, as I tweeted out, the worst part about CM Punk being back in WWE is he has now immortalized himself. He is now going to be, and this is just my full-on fantasy booked opinion from the second I saw him, my instant thought was, fuck, he's now immortal. He is going to play by the rules for the next year, two, whatever. He is going to get his Hall of Fame speech. He's going to dot the I's, cross the T's, again, just play by the rules, be super successful on the microphone, not rub anyone the wrong way, and immortalize himself as one of the best ever. Why? Because the crowd reaction is there. The fucking guy can't wrestle. He just can't. Everything he did in AEW just fucking sucked. Yes, they were cool homages to matches in the past, but because of that lack of infrastructure, that terrible production work, you saw everything. Everyone claims that his best match was against MJF, right? And what was that? It's basically a no-DQ match where you don't have to use in-ring psychology to get people on that emotional roller coaster. It's about who the fuck's going to beat the shit out of the other one. Uh, one of the matches that I saw that I liked was the Eddie Kingston one. It's pretty much the same thing. They just beat the shit out of each other. There was no psychology there. It was just about who, who can endure the other. You know, so at the end of the day, the value in CM Punk is always in the reactions. It's, again, Triple H said it at the press conference. He goes, whether it's good or bad, people talk about CM Punk. And remember, when Triple H get, gets introduced, he gets introduced as the chief content officer. So that's what he's doing. He's creating content. And you know what? Shouts to you guys who are going to enjoy it no matter what. And everyone who steps on the screen has the opportunity to earn my uh my my fandom if you will i i can appreciate what people do will i root for them if i don't like them as a person probably not but logan paul changed that if he goes babyface god damn it i want him to win when he's a heel damn i want him to lose and either way when he beat ricochet at SummerSlam, uh when he beat Rey mysterio for the title it's like fuck man he's good where's the good in cm punk where is that gonna come from where is that going to come from? I don't I don't see it. I was chatting with Red Fox as I was turning the turning the mic on. Shouts to at night of the LP. I was like, look, he he thinks that they're going to run back the the Finn Seth Rollins storyline. How you know Finn was taken out of the business by uh by the shoulder injury with Seth Rollins in the in the Universal Title match. I, if if they give Punk to Rollins, I'd feel bad for him because he he hates the fact that. Punk has been bashing the business, and I agree. You know, again, Punk's ability to manipulate fans to think the way he does is one of the worst parts about his character. He doesn't allow other people to wrestle different ways. You know, trashing Roman, so Roman was set back as a babyface early on. Roman's been phenomenal. I'll stand by it from day one. I'm one of the few people who will stick up for the fact that Big Dog Roman was classic. His shit with Bray, his shit with Braun. I mean, everything he did back then was awesome. Uh, except for when he got demoted to that U.S. title, right? 
He uh, he got called out for that. His matches were a bit lackluster, but even his shit with AJ for the U.S. title was awesome. So I, I don't know, man. We can call it what it is. And for me, again, Punk showed his character in all his conversations that he's about himself and his money. And I get it. It's a business, so go for it. But don't act like you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you have your, um, your cachet. But you're not Austin, you're not Rock. You can't come out, stun people, and leave. You can't come out, raise your eyebrow, and leave. You're not iconic. He's gonna be. He, alright, he is iconic, to a lesser extent, right? There's a, a set of fans that will always treat him that way. But also look at the pop that R-Truth got for being behind a couch with a bowl of ruffles. You know what I'm saying? That Chicago crowd was bananas. So I'm not minimizing Punk's cachet, period, because... Yes, for all that time he was away, the CM Punk chance, I get that. But again, I haven't seen any of his ROH stuff past, uh, I think, it was a triple threat match with him, Kenny Omega, and no, it was somebody else. I don't know. Either way, I saw like very limited ROH stuff and and nothing of his WWE stuff live. I've seen actually, I've seen none of. Now, only live stuff I saw from him was AEW. Going back and watching him on Peacock, seeing the crowd responses, watching him wrestling, I don't get it. So, even his promos, right? Like, you do a lot of talking, and then your wrestling doesn't back it up. My problem with Rollins' promos, right? Like, no matter what his promo is, his wrestling doesn't really change. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, but then he doesn't wrestle more brutal. The only time he really did it was when he was uh, the Joker against Roman's Batman, right? That was that was really the one time I saw him get out of himself when wrestling. Um, you know, so what, what can Punk do to gain me as a fan? I don't know. As long as he's very subdued and plays his role, sure. Will there be a version of Punk that is palatable to the current WWE audience? I don't know. You know, and I'll tell you this much, too. I was right about a lot of things, especially Cody. Uh, Look at Cody. (laughs) I fucking love it. The more time he spends with Jay, the more time he spends not at the upper tier, you see exactly what I was talking about. He fits in right where he needs to be. That fucking promo bringing Randy in had to be chopped up so much to make the video package peace in unless that was the instruction i fucking doubt it but you know who we got with us someone i have a legacy with he's just he's so fucking corny and the way he brings the crowd to like hey guys you know gives him a little elbow hey guys you know what i'm talking about right and and it fucking drives me nuts but it also shows me that he can't do it without giving them the elbow so the way they cut that uh promo package for randy showing up at survivor series I was like, okay, so that's what they had to do with his promo because he couldn't spit it out. I just thought it was a terrible promo on a, on SmackDown. And then when you go to the press conference and listen to what Cody had to say, I fucking love it. He is surprised by how unified the locker room is to move together as a team. And when you see him now wrestle and perform, he does not look like he's taking a step back from team captain or leader, he is now back to the role player he's fucking supposed to be, and really good at. 
when he is the complementary piece, he makes all the sense in the world. But when he's the head dog, I'm sorry. It just doesn't connect. It doesn't connect at all. But him as this complementary piece, it would people are yelling team yeet. Why? Because Jay Uso is the natural star of what they were. And it should have been Seth Rollins' team because he's the fucking champion. They gave it to Cody. And there's signs for Team Yeet. My kid even said, hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to be with Team Yeet. And I said, why? Isn't it Cody's team? He goes, nah, Dad, it's Team Yeet. And then SmackDown happened. He saw the sign. He's like, see, told you, Dad, it's Team Yeet. It's like, <laughs> you're fucking right. You're fucking right. Because it definitely ain't Team Cody. He's I like him so much better as a complimentary piece. He's translating better on TV to, to what I like to watch. So I'm not saying that he's better... But I'm definitely saying he's different. He's different. Fuck it. I am saying he's better. He's better as a complimentary piece. So overall, with CM Punk being back, there's a lot of time on TV that's not given to many people already. Um, I'd like to see more things happen with the women's division, i.e. the women's tag team champions. Uh, I think Tegan and Natty look great together. I like how they're... Natty always does it too, right? She gets somebody to match her gear automatically. So, I don't know, man. There's there's a small window here for Punk to show what he's about. And if he comes in to be a company guy, I absolutely think he will be immortalized. I think the CM Punk chance, they're back. It sucks. Uh, I said it. I said it fucking when he debuted in AEW. Um thank you to AEW and CM Punk because now fucking CM Punk chants are washed out in WWE arenas well (laughs) they're back they're back forever so fuck you for that I just like to watch the show man and I like to get involved when I'm supposed to and even some of the CM Punk chants that happened at War Games were getting washed out so I don't know, man. He's here. There's nothing I can do about it except just watch and see what happens. Uh, I tend, like I said, to not let the character of the person completely ruin what I'm viewing. If it's worth giving an applause, I do. Whether it's a golf clap or I'm off the couch, you know, it depends on who it is. But at the end of the day, I can only judge what's on TV. Uh, Do I wish CM Punk wasn't here? Correct. I do. Because I just don't think he has it in him to to be humble. You know, uh, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Triple H said it as well during the press conference. If you're the same person you were 10 years ago, uh, then you haven't, and you haven't grown, that's a problem. From what we saw in AEW, I can't imagine <laughs> much growth has happened. Unless the truth of the matter is, his inability to do things the AEW way is actually AEW's inability to do pro wrestling the WWE way, which is focus on what it takes to draw an attendance and sell merch. So, you know, that's that's something that CM Punk mentioned in that Muffin promo is about getting asses in seats and shit like that. So I, I can see where... If he fits the mold of what AEW or of what WWE wants him to do, he's gonna make a shit ton of money and just be fine. It's just a matter of what 
what's going to satiate him, right? So let's, <coughs> excuse me, let's fantasy book real quick and say he gets put in a program with, I don't know, Braun Strowman. And at the end of the day, they don't end up wrestling. And it's all promos of what it would take for Punk to wrestle and someone else takes his place. As long as it's not disparaging Braun's ability to promo and they uplift each other in the build, then I can see Punk's longevity happening. But every promo he had with the wink-wink, nudge-nudge, and all that shit, that's not going to sustain on WWE TV. It's just going to get exhausting. It's going to get exhausting, and because it doesn't further storyline, that's the biggest problem. Again, Triple H said it at the press conference that the men's War Games match had the ability to tell several stories within one and keep all of those stories going. Now, I thought that made it clunky. I didn't enjoy the men's War Games match as much as the rest of the card. But if there's a focus on the story and they're all going to push forward together, by all means, Punk will be immortalized. In this context now, the way I see it, Punk can only shoot himself in the foot and ruin his legacy. His legacy is already written to a certain point where he gets chanted because people love him because he's the anti-hero, anti-establishment guy. That's it. If he wants to be immortalized, upper-tiered, to where people are screaming for his Hall of Fame induction, it's only up for him to shoot himself in the foot. He can have the most mediocre run right now, but as long as he doesn't ruffle any feathers or leave again on bad terms, then uh, then that's it. There's, there's nothing else you can say. It's kind of just all done. So that's about all I got on Punk. Like I said, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, you know, just kind of is what it is. I think that's all I got on the press conference as well. I think it's funny how uh, <laughs> some people who ask questions cannot ask them as if they don't know what's going on. It really fucking bothers me. I enjoy when when people ask questions to the character performing the person's moment. For instance, you know, like asking Bianca or Sasha, how did it feel to be you know, the the main event, the first ever black women's main event at WrestleMania. Asking them that is different than saying, uh, did you always know that this would be the build to WrestleMania for you guys to main event in this particular form? Or did you think the story was just leaning that way? Like, there's insider questions you can ask, but you have to ask them outside. Like, you have to ask them inside. You can't ask them what everyone's watching you because when you do that you're you're kind of telling us like there's no point in watching like asking you know uh chris pratt how did it feel to be star lord is different than saying you know when you got the script for star lord how uh did it make you feel when jj abrams was it you know what i'm saying like you can't you just can't be insider. You have to allow the performance to take place. That's my opinion, right? But that's also why I don't do interviews. Like, I don't want to 
if I ask someone behind the curtain, I want that to be behind the curtain. Like I, I want to show them an appreciation. When I <laughs> when I met Drew Gulak in the elevator, I just asked him, I was like, what's your favorite part about being in catering? And it, it came off the wrong way and he didn't quite answer it because I I said it like a dick. But what I what I wanted to know was what's your favorite part about not being on TV, the camaraderie, the locker room, things like that. I want to know what his favorite part was about like the work atmosphere, if you will. Like you go to work, right? And you don't always do your job if you're not at your desk or whatever it is. When you're around the people not doing the job, how is it? What's your favorite part of that, right? Is it the fact that, you know, you have a cafeteria and you guys can play checkers or some shit? You know what I'm saying? Like something like that. And I don't need I don't need to hear those questions asked like at the press conference. I'd rather hear questions asked about the particular performance on TV. Like it was um, the the SummerSlam press conference. Somebody asked LA Knight, you know, did he know that he was going to win the Royal Rumble or win the uh, the Slim Jim Battle Royal when he got the when he got the commercial? And like, what what kind of question is that? Like, you take away the entire business by asking that. Like, it's so fucking rude to to all the fans. And it's, it's rude to L.A. Knight for trying to play his part and just perform. You completely wipe away the performance. And L.A. Knight's response was amazing. He's just like, well, you know, just to let you know, after I won the Battle Royal, they put me in a time machine and we filmed the commercial. Like, that's that's keeping the performance separate. You know, I'm not in the business, so I can't call it kayfabe. But in essence, that's what they allude to kayfabe as, right? Like, not peeling the curtain back. And the fact that, you know, people ask questions on TV about that, it's like, what the fuck, man? Ask that off screen. Ask that man to man. You know, not not everyone, not everyone, you know, even the performers, like, there's so many performers that take great pride in what they do, right? Like, when Gunther asks, answers questions, like, for instance, about The Miz, he believes 100% that Miz is 100% a superstar, not a professional wrestler. And Gunther takes pride in professional wrestling. And then he goes on and puts on that classic with the Miz, and he's like, yeah, he belongs in the ring with me, or he belongs in this ring, just not with me because I beat him. So when I question his wrestling ability, yes, I can see now that he can wrestle, he just doesn't belong in the ring with me because I beat him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> Well, no, Mike Mazzani is a great guy. I just, you know, it's all part of what we're doing. It's the easy put. Like, no, he's not going to do that because it, it means something to him. So that's just my my last bit on the press conference. Uh, let's cover War Games. It's been 27 minutes. Fuck it, right? Let's cover the pay-per-view. I'm just going to run through it real quick. The women's War Games match I thought was really cool. There was a question on Twitter. You know, who do you think about when uh, War Games comes up? And a lot of people said EO, and I agree. Uh, it's unfortunate that way, in a sense. But when you look back on War Games itself, it's iconic for what it is. It's not It's not a big to-do, if you will. Like, it's. it hasn't been around. It, there hasn't been that many. It's not like there's, you know, 37 of them. There's only been a handful. And EO's been in the most. And she's always doing cool shit, just like the trash can spot that she brought back. Um, you know, the misses. And even Kiddo. Kiddo's been watching... Some uh, some old NXT, 
because they, they were both like, didn't she do that before? I'm like, yeah, and it's amazing, and we all love it. You know, if you don't love it, that's cool, but uh, EO, EO's great, man. She's the fucking best. I thought Kyrie did awesome. I love Dakota on the outside fucking around. Uh, look, shouts to Shotzi for not fucking up. You know, she's really, she really looks more confident now, and I appreciate that about her. Uh, the Charlotte and Becky spot, I still have a uh, complete locked cage in front of my heart for Charlotte. I, I just don't like her. Uh, I think she lacks a lot to do. Uh, again, even at the press conference, she couldn't just say, I wouldn't be where I am without Becky. She had to say, and Becky wouldn't be here without me. Um, that's for Becky to say. That's for Becky to say. But for Charlotte to say that, it just proves that like she considers herself a bubble. I just... She's very off-putting to me. Uh, you guys love her, go for it. But anyway, uh, I thought I enjoyed that match the most out of the two war games. They both went around the same amount of time, which was which was pretty cool. No real overrun. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 baby faces winning both was weird. Um, but you know, it just kind of is what it is. The uh, what is it? Uh, the quadruple finisher spot, you know, happened in both matches. Uh, Gunther versus Miz, awesome match, incredibly awesome. Uh, I like the fact that they were alluding to Chris Jericho, and Gunther wins with the Boston Crab turn lion tamer. It was great. It was great. Shouts to Chris Jericho. I mean, when you look at his his run in WWE, having the most intercontinental title runs, I think that's where his actual hall of fame skill set comes from being that mid carter as well he is a you know i've I've said this before when aw was on top i was like yeah they're when excuse me when aw is at their peak they're they're full of mid carters they're full of ic title champions absolutely have some of them won the big title sure but where they best suited mid card and proper mid cards proper don't no disrespect because you know shouts to buff bagwell and the guys at front face lock, they call him a mid carter. He's like, "What the fuck you calling me a mid carter for?" I used to call it the show, but it's that in between feud, you know. It's like what's carrying it when they're not on TV, right? And and that's what the IC champion is. And I think uh, Chris Jericho was great at that level. Always was. Always will be at the main title level. Like, sure, when you're in the business for forty years, I guess that's where you are now. But anyway, um, they were alluding to Chris Jericho a lot. Gunther wins with the Boston Crab turn line tamer. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Miz really showed out, man. I, such an awesome match. I really thought uh, Miz was going to get massive balls chance or uh, big ass balls chance or some shit. And he didn't, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, what can you say? Miz, I've, I've said it for a while. He's a made man. He's iconic. He's a Hall of Famer. He's now exactly where, you know, he should be. He is. He put more equity into Gunther by losing. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, so, next we had Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. Another phenomenal match. It was only about eight minutes. It felt like it was 15. And they did a great job. Uh, Dragon Lee is phenomenal. I don't know how long he's been wrestling or how old he is. Uh, I love Santos in this role. It's funny, again, at the press conference, Triple H was asked about medical and he said, "Our concussion protocol will put it above every sports, uh, every sports league in the world." And he said, uh, "And this is something that we all noticed, right? Um, Rey Mysterio caught uh, caught someone on a dive, hit his head, concussion." He said, "We had to slow down the story and all that shit." So this 
this Santos Ray story was going to actually take ahead back then. And, uh, you know, Ray being out with concussion and where Santos is. Well, he's not with concussion now. But anyway, point is, this heel turn for Santos, uh, the legato theme is a fucking banger. It's, it is incredible. It, it It's one of those, yep, he's a fucking bad guy, but this song is dope, you know? So, anyway, Santos, Dragon Lee, it's awesome. Dragon Lee's awesome. I really like to see where he's going. Uh, and then, you know, next couple weeks, heading into WrestleMania. Maybe Dragon Lee gets a moment there. That'd be dope. Uh, Ray Lippy, Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. Again, Zoe Stark, someone in NXT who was just fucking awesome. You can go back in the catalog and find that somewhere. Uh, one of these times, I like to digitize my shit and put all my fucking Bishop Was Rights things on the website and all the shit. TWTakesPodcast.com. Uh, but I have no fucking clue what I'm doing or how often I'm going to do this. Uh, but anyway, you know, Zoe Stark was one of those where I saw her. I was like, yep, that makes sense. She's awesome. She did a great job in this match. Rhea Ripley, too. Rhea, probably her best gear ever. For obvious reasons. Physically, she just looked amazing. Strong and sexy at the same time. Also, color patterns, makeup, all that shit. She looked phenomenal. She looked like a fucking rock star. Um, which, again, Bishop was right. Back when I called her age for age, pound for pound, gender for gender, best wrestler on the planet. Uh, she just is. She just is. At, at her age, at her technical ability, at her cachet, her character. When she joined Judgment Day, everyone and her mom thought it was a step back. And I was so on the fence. But what it did is it slowed her down. It slowed her down and allowed her to just eat in the pocket at the stuff she wasn't good at. And this whole mommy's on top gimmick, it's fantastic because she gets to act her ability. So the confidence level, so how good she is in the ring is now translating to how good she is as a character. And fantastic. Fantastic for it. She's going to go down as, fuck, probably top three, top two woman of all time. Very, very very, very good shot at number one ever. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. She's got a long career to go, and her match against Zoe Stark uh, did nothing in in lowering the stock of either one. Uh, Zoe can have a rematch on Raw, and I don't think anyone would be upset about that. So, uh, And then that leads us to the men's War Games match. Again, back to Cody. Uh, I just want to say this, too. He had a promo leading up to War Games, and he called it a match beyond and gave it a wink and did all that. I'm tired of it, man. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. Get it out. I hope he gets them all out of his system. Let's put it that way. I'll Yes, it's been almost two years, but fuck it. Give him the rope. Get it out your system. Okay. Are we good now? Are you going to be a character now? Or are you going to keep being a fan who made it and is bringing the fans along with you? I just... Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the men's War Games match. Cody finally had a War Games match. Uh, they told the story of Dusty and, you know, how uh, Cody finally has one, which is cool. Good for him. Now that we're here, all leading up to Randy. I just, let's just go back, watch it. They did cool stuff. But this is where I wanted it to go. I wanted Randy to come out. And I said, <laughs> it's funny because I said it before. Commentary did. Actually, um, Friday night, I said it. Uh, Randy's going to come out, RKO nine people, and then 
Damian Priest is going to cash in, win the title. I just want that to happen already. I want, and then when I saw Damian Priest not come out with the briefcase, the missus just goes, "Oh yeah, well Ray is going to run out with it." And I was like, you know what? Dope idea, dope idea. So Randy's supposed to come out. Clock ticks, nothing happens. Then Rhea comes running out with the briefcase and Jessica Cara. Great, looked awesome, ready to go. Right before it is about to cash in, Randy's music hits. Damn. Oh, and let me let me give them credit too. Sorry, now that I fucked that up. The men inside the cage made it a point to isolate Seth Rollins and beat him down. So now with Damian Priest orchestrating the entire Judgment Day team, did a great job of isolating Seth Rollins to be beat down for him to get the title, which I thought was fantastic. Ray comes out, and right before the cash-in, Randy's music hits. He comes out and looks jacked. I said he, I tweeted out, Randy looks final boss level thick. This motherfucker looked like he is the top of the tower in Mortal Kombat. And, uh, and yeah, man, I'm glad he's back. He looked good, looked healthy. Um, his, his power slam looks better than anyone else's. Um, I showed that on a loop for the kiddo when he really liked how Cody did it. I was like, let me show you something. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is, I just don't like Cody. I wish I did. I wish I did, but I don't. Even his match with Damian Priest. Even his match with Damian Priest, I was just like, watch watch Priest do his version of this what crossroads. Yeah. Uh I forgot what Damian Priest used to call it. Uh but when it, it looks better. His match Damian Priest versus um <coughs> Cody Rhodes. Damian Priest hits him with a crossroads on the table. Hits him with a crossroads on the table. Now think about this. They're standing on the table. Damian Priest hits the move on the table. When Cody does a crossroads and he does it three times, he has to walk all over the ring to get it done. That's part of why I don't like it. It's not neat. It's not tight. And he does that rocking with the shoulders to use so much effort. It's just bad. It's just bad. You know? that's It's just bad. So anyway... Before I shit on Cody too much more. <laughs> um, the men win. Uh, JD McDonough gets thrown off the top. And uh, so from the top of the War Games cage into an RKO, which was fucking amazing. Um, and then Cody decide, or uh, Randy decides to let Cody get the win with his shitty crossroads. Uh, gratuitously, you know, shouts to Do the Crab for calling it out as well. At Do the Crab. Apologies. Uh, yeah, so, look, it is what it is, uh, the men win, no tribal chief, I actually wish that they kept Jay and Drew off as well, so it could have been no bloodline, and people could see how strong WWE really is right now, uh, but, again, to Triple H saying that the story's kept going, um, I don't know where Sami Zayn fits in the story, except for he wants to take down Judgment Day, that's another fucking thing. Sammy, dude, there's a rule in sales, and it's called, you got the sale, stop selling. He's a babyface beyond belief. But when he's like, I'm going to take Judgment Day, and he loses his fucking voice, it's like, bro, slow down. We're already behind you. You don't have to keep with the verbal intensity. We're here. We're here, Sammy. Take him down. We're watching you. The more you yell, the less you're fighting. Go fight. 
Shut the fuck up and fight. What other story they had going on? Um, yeah, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, they had to do something with the titles. Oh, now I can mention this too. Damian Priest with the one title strapped around his waist and then the other belt um, slid through and strapped around it. I think it looks dope. We've seen so many double champs. None of them have ever done that. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. It's the obvious one to do, at least in my opinion. It's like the most efficient, easiest way to carry both belts. Not too clunky. I think it's great. Um, so shouts to Damian Priest for doing that. Yeah, I just, I don't, I didn't see anything develop really with Jay and Drew. Um, you know, I liked, I liked the, the tension between Jay and Randy. Because that's, that's where Jay fucking shines. Again, tweeted this out. That's what sh- superstars do. You can have people trying to trying to promo like Cody did when he was like alluding to Randy. You can see the look on Jay's face with just the look. You can you know exactly what's going on. You don't need the overpassioned promo like Sami Zayn does against the Judgment Day, and you don't need the you know gratuitous "come with me" like Cody does in a promo. Just look at Jay's face when Randy comes up. He's like, "We're fucked." Not only we're fucked, I'm fucked. Because now it's going to be three on five because Randy's going to fuck me up. But they put their business aside. They did what they had to do. They won more games. So we'll see how it goes. I don't really know what's going on as far as things in the future, which is great because fantasy booking is for chumps. So fuck all you guys that do it. Not really. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for always welcoming back. Thanks for always waiting on a new episode. I just gave you 41 and a half minutes, 27 on Punk. 14 on the rest of it hopefully more to come we'll see we'll see a lot going on always something in the way but you guys make time for me so i'm going to try to make more time for you until next time